Exploring what can be done to help with pain and health challenges. This is Life Shouldn't Hurt with Grand Fedoric from Leading Edge Physiotherapy on 630 Ched. Welcome to Life Shouldn't Hurt. I'm your not singing host, Grant Fedorik. And for the next 30 minutes, I have the privilege of listening to and sharing some very amazing, very real life stories about lifestyle, health, and well-being with all of you amazing people. Today, we are talking about benign positional vertigo. Um, and vertigo, we'll just, talk, we'll just say vertigo for short. And we have an amazing guest, Roberta Slobodian, who's had her journey through vertigo. And I'm going to let her describe how it all started. Welcome, Roberta. Thanks. Thanks so much. I'm happy to be here. Well, why don't you tell us exactly what you were going through and how you realized uh, that you were having an issue or what issue you were facing? Yeah, it was one of those things where it just came out of absolutely nowhere. I uh, woke up one morning and sat up out of bed and the world was spinning. And uh, it was quite terrifying because I had never experienced it before. Uh, that was probably over 10 years ago. And it was um, it was short, like it, I only felt unwell for a couple of days. And then it seemed to settle down and then went away for a very long time. So it didn't bother me for probably another few years. And then... Woke up another morning and it happened again. And progressively over 10 years, um, the instances would happen more often. And I would only have very limited success with uh, the healthcare world to try to help me. Okay, let's describe the spinning for people because it's very important to differentiate vertigo from dizziness. Mm -hmm. And vertigo is a type of dizziness, but it's not the same as getting up fast uh, or getting out of the shower or having too much to drink. Well, sometimes if you have too much to drink and you feel like you have to put your foot on the ground. (laughs) But um, describe what that spinning felt like. It, it's um, you, you don't know where up and down is. I had to. I actually grabbed the bed um, because I felt like I was on some crazy roller coaster, like literally spinning. I it, my eyes couldn't focus. Uh, I, and it didn't, it lasted for only maybe 30 seconds before it would start to calm down, but it felt like it was going for a lot longer than that. I think you described it so well, like being on a roller coaster, a a merry-go-round and vertigo is the feeling that the world is moving or that you're moving when the opposite isn't. And that's the best way to describe. And that's the definition of vertigo. It's scary. Very scary. Did you know what was going on when it first no happened? No idea. What went through your mind? Oh, I've got a brain the- tumor. I've got like, I had no idea because I'd never experienced anything like that. And it was so out of the blue. I went to bed feeling fine and then not fine when I sat up. What did you do about it when you first had it? Uh, well, unfortunately, I was traveling in the Bahamas oh, okay. <laughs> by myself. Um, so I went and saw a doctor there and he thought it had something to do with allergies um, so again, I didn't really get any relief or help. It just seems to naturally um, settle itself down. It can. Yeah, in the sense that the spinning isn't happening. But when you spoke about dizziness, then I would continue to feel dizzy, uh, just woozy. I always felt like I was on a boat, 
just kind of, you know, that little bit of rocking right. all the time. Would, and when would that happen? All the time or just when you did movement? Uh, like when yeah. you were rolling in bed? I think that's typical. Like when would you notice it? Um, well, a lot of times, like the, when I first experienced, I didn't know what was going on. I would literally sit staring forward for a few hours just to try to get things to settle down. And then after that, walking, moving, moving my head, um, any of those things would make me feel dizzy. And then what did you do about it? So it continued on. Yeah, it did. And it sort of just would come and go. Like I would get these about a couple of weeks of feeling really bad. And then humans are amazing at their ability to adapt. So I was building a world where I had to deal with this because I just, I wasn't getting answers. I think there's a lot of study that needs to still happen in this world um, about vertigo. And it seemed like every doctor I saw didn't really have answers. Well, you're part of that because that's what we're doing here is educating Mm -hmm. the people, people that when they face these things and what to look out for. And you're doing a great job. We're talking to Roberta Slobodian about BPPV, which is benign paroxysmal positional vertigo. Let me break those words down for you. Benign, benign, you're not going to die from this. Paroxysmal, it doesn't make sense. It's doing things that it sh- your body is doing something that it shouldn't do. Um, positional, it's because of the various positions you put yourself through and vertigo. The world is spinning or you feel like you're spinning even though it's not. And the cause of this is little, little stones in the inner ear. They're supposed to be in a certain place um, called the saccule or the utricle. And within that part of your inner ear, they have a specific role to play. If those little stones called autoconia get outside of that world and into these little things called the semicircular canals that do something else, they sense your movement, your spinning. If they go from that place that they're supposed to sense the fact that your linear movements forward, backward, side, side, stop, start, and get into the rolling kind of position, your brain thinks that's what's going on and we call it BPPV. And that's what unfortunately... Uh, Roberta was facing at the time. So tell us more about your journey. So now you've gone through it, you've bumped into, you're trying to solve it, you've somewhat given up. I absolutely had. Like I had gone to some, um, I finally got some direction to go see a physiotherapist because before I had no concept that a physiotherapist could be helpful in this condition. Um, But it seemed like uh, when I remember when I went to one physiotherapist, kind of the idea was to make me dizzy to see um, so they could watch my eye movements and see what the problem was, but I could never get dizzy. So that I sort of gave up on that for a little while, but then found a different physiotherapist and I was educated about the crystals in my ears and, and I, I was able to get limited help. Like if I was in a sort of a crisis where things were spinning all the time, I could see a physiotherapist. We could get the crystals reasonably back to where they belong, but nobody could tell me why I had this lingering dizziness. So I could kind of get the spinning under control, but I would still have this dizziness that would continue. And I couldn't really get an answer for that until I met Matt at Leading Edge. (laughs) Well, good job describing what uh, are maneuvers that are designed based on which canal. So there's three canals. And depending on which canal, those autoconia, those little calcium carbonate um, crystals end up in depends on which movements, uh, what positions we need to use to put them, to get them back to the where they're supposed to be, which can solve one part of the problem, 
Uh, fortunately, it can, and for many people, it solves the problem for good uh, for a long period of time. Unfortunately, it can come back, uh, but many other things can go on in that area. Describe those maneuvers. What would happen when they were putting you through those maneuvers? Well, I would do something called the Epley maneuver, and they discovered that it was on my left side. That was the problem by watching my eye movements to see which I find quite fascinating to see. It's, I was described that it's almost like that little game you play where you've got that little ball bearing to try to get it into the hole. Labyrinth. And yeah, where you yeah. got to try to, to, and that's kind of what they were doing. And they were able to see from my eye movements if they were getting it right or if it was continuing on. Roberta's describing goggles that are put on the eyes and an infrared camera. And so when we black out the eyes, um, the world kind of, we, we bring it down to the one sense. Your, your, your body now has to figure things out, taking vision away. Um, our body, our vestibular system is made up of various, very complex things, including our joints that tell us where we're at and what we're doing, our vision that tells us where we're at and what we're doing, and then our inner ear. And those combined paint a picture. So we have to take one of them away, particularly take away vision. And then through the movements in the eyes, what's called nystagmus, which is twitching in the eye that happens, our vestibular experts or vestibular experts can figure out which canal it went into. And then depending on which canal it's in, we'll determine which maneuvers will help. And and uh, again, Roberto, Epley maneuver, when they've got you on the bed, what are they doing specifically with you? So I would just be sitting on the on the um, physio table and very quickly I would be brought back onto my left side on my back with my head tilted down and then I would get dizzy. So we would wait until that dizziness would pass and then we would roll over onto the opposite side. I would get dizzy and we'd wait for that to pass and then I would sit up. And quite often we would repeat that maneuver a few times until when I sit up, the dizziness is reduced. What a great description. Uh, we are talking about BPPV, benign paroxysmal positional vertigo with Roberta Slobodian. And after the break, we're going to talk about what happens when that's not enough or what happens when it continues or it's more complex. That's what we're going to talk about. We'll be right back with Roberta Slobodian right here on the Chorus Radio Network. Exploring what can be done to help with pain and health challenges. This is Life Shouldn't Hurt with Grand Fedoric from Leading Edge Physiotherapy on 630 Ched. Thanks for joining us today on Life Shouldn't Hurt. I'm your friendly neighborhood physiotherapist from Leading Edge Physiotherapy. And remember, you too can share ideas, your stories, and feedback with me on Twitter at Leading Edge PT. Today, we've been talking with Roberta Slobodian. She's been describing her journey through BPPV, or benign paroxysmal positional vertigo, a type of vertigo that affects the inner ear and can make your life quite topsy-turvy. Why don't you describe what your life was like during this time? Because you described earlier having had some successful treatment when it was acute, but living with kind of an ongoing dizziness. Yeah, I think because I, I, I honestly, I, it almost felt like a bit of PTSD from it because I was so afraid to do things. Um, I, I loved to travel and I was starting to be a little afraid to travel because I thought, what if I have an attack of this and then, you know, what's going to happen if I'm somewhere and I can't deal with it or 
Um, even even things like washing dishes, I wouldn't look down in the sink or tying my shoes. I would always keep my chin up because I I was so scared that any little thing was going to trigger it. Right. And I ended up I ended up sleeping kind of like a zombie. I'm on my back, stiff and straight. Head straight. Don't move. Straight. Don't roll over. Don't, no, never, 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 never. Don't do yoga. If no. Don't, heaven forbid you'd get <laughs> your hair washed. Yeah. Like even going swimming, I would, you know, would I didn't want to go under the water because I was scared if I got water in my ears, maybe that would trigger it. And because it is kind of a mystery of what triggers it. And it, it seems like for no rhyme or reason, I would get an episode. So I was ended, I, uh, ended up with really bad neck because I was so stiff and I was holding kind of that stress in my neck. And so I was, um, life was hurting a lot more. <laughs> Other things were hurting yes. as a result of living through and trying to function with this kind of ongoing condition that was res- the acute episodes when you really felt the world was spinning would be dealt with, but you were still having the fear, but also some other symptoms at the same time. Yeah, it was, Am I right? it was mainly just this lingering dizziness that would, would be there. Like I wouldn't necessarily spin, but I, uh, you know, and sometimes it was even just the movement of my eyes. Okay. I, I would look up at something and then all of a sudden I would feel like I was on the boat again. And, you know, it was, it, it really kind of takes a hit on your confidence. It does. And when this goes on for a long period of time, those of you who are listening who've gone through with it, through this, your brain starts to adapt and change. It's starting to try to figure out the world in a new way because some of what's going on in the ear is training it that this is the way it's going to be. So describe now for us, how did you, what's your journey to where you're at today. So um, I actually just moved to Edmonton in the summer. Um, I'm just here doing a a work contract and I was having problems with my hip. So I kind of Googled what's the closest physiotherapist to where I live and lucked out and hit leading edge um, at the Royal Glenora. And I was there for my hip and uh, my physiotherapist there, she said, could you move on lay on your side? And I said, Oh, I'm really sorry. I don't do that. <laughs> I don't, I don't lie, I don't on, my lie side. on my I side. I just don't do that. <laughs> and she kind of looked at me like, Okay, can you tell me why? And I said, Well, I have problems with vertigo and I'm always worried about it being triggered. And she jumped back and she said, Do you have any idea of what is here in our clinic? And I said, no, I don't. <laughs> and she said, we have some of the top trained physiotherapists to deal with with vertigo. And we also have a vertigo chair, um, which I believe at this point is still the only one in Canada. It is. Yeah. Yeah. The TRV chair. Yeah. Describe it. Well, I, I have to say at first, I, I, I was terrified. Oh, I'm and, sure and, when you see it. Yeah. And Chelsea had to give me a lot of encouragement to go because I kept feeling like I had tried everything. Right. Why do I want to put, because I'd seen it and it was a little scary. <laughs> but it's also one more thing. Is that really going to do it? Yeah. Because I, I had felt a little bit, I was at a point where this is just my life. This is how it's going to be. Right. Um, but after a few weeks, I was getting really frustrated because I kept having um, more and more episodes and they were getting a little more uh, intense. So I thought, well, I've got nothing to lose. So made appointment and just by talking to Matt and some of my um, symptoms, and it had been over 10 years of dealing with this, he thought I was a good candidate for the chair. 
Because I understand not everybody kind of needs to use the chair. No, the chair is more for a specific type problems or patients that have difficulty in, uh, with their movement of their neck. So for instance, we can move them through different positions that they might not otherwise be able to if they've got arthritic necks. Like what you were describing earlier, moving somebody through different positions up and down, holding their head, turning their head. Some people can't do that. Um, patients that are in a wheelchair is a good example. Also, they can't, it's not as easy to move them around on the bed. They aren't able to assist as much. So there's a lot of other reasons, but then there's also specific conditions that are very fortunately treated with this chair, but the chair is not everywhere. Describe the chair. What uh, We're talking with Roberta Slobodian about her journey through BPPV, which is benign proxismal positional vertigo. And she has gone a long way to dealing with it and almost just living with it before she discovered the TRV chair. So describe the chair. What what was so scary about it? Well, I, I've never been a big fan of uh, rides at the Fair amusement enough. park, and okay. and also just because of the history too. I don't I don't want to be dizzy. Right. And the chair, in a sense, is triggering the dizziness right. so that the therapist can see what it exactly its treatment is required. So you sit, you're strapped in, and it is a little bit like NASA training. <laughs> your head's strapped in, your body's strapped in, um, you have bars to hang on to, and you have the blackout gog- goggles on. So it can be pretty intimidating. It looks like a Formula One. The way I like to describe it is you're in a Formula One car seat, strapped in like a Formula One car racer with your head in control in the machine. And then around you is this machine that we can move in every dimension, all upside down at angles, turning, and it's all using uh, various magnets and things. It's very safe. It looks scary, but uh, far safer than the amusement ride you might have thought you were getting into, but also very effective. Now, what did um, Matt describe to you was going on and why did he describe the chair was the right treatment for you? Yeah. So for the first treatment, it was more of like kind of assessing. He was trying to see what my situation was. And and basically what we essentially did was the Epley maneuver, but quicker, yeah. quicker, uh, more, I would say more accurate because when you're rolling on the bed, your head might not stay in that right position. Yeah. Your body might not stay in that right position. And he was watching my eye movement the whole time and basically um, was able to confirm that he thought it was cupula lithesis that I had, which was sort of a, a degree of vertigo that's more stubborn. Well done. You said that better than I think I could have said it, so I won't repeat it. So now describe the treatment. So um, after the first treatment, I, 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 my fears were gone because I realized it was not nearly as scary as I thought it was going to be. And it was kind of funny because I'd be hanging upside down and Matt and I would be talking about our weekend plans. And <laughs> like you sort of, it just becomes part of, it became part of my life. I would see, go usually once a week. Um, and then he would do around four or five maneuvers, depends. It was more intense at the start because, like you said, it's kind of like uh, Matt said it a little differently <laughs> where he said it was kind of like washing the crystals off. So we had to use the fluid that's in the ear um, with these really quick movements. And 
Um, we, we do different movements. Some, sometimes we would do the barrel roll, which was not really my favorite, <laughs> where you just kind of got spin on a spit a few times. But the idea was to, to have as much movement as possible, as much fluid moving as possible to kind of wash those crystals off. And his description is better because the other <laughs> one is when it gets stuck to the hair cell. So you're actually describing it better and it does move that fluid over and that's how it dislodges. Oh my goodness. We got to, how are you doing today? Oh, it's, um, it's been life changing. I really have to say, um, I, uh, so I, I would see him once a week, sometimes twice a week. And it was quite intense. We had to do some really dramatic movements in the chair. I would usually not feel so great for a few hours after treatment, but now I'm at a point where I'm just seeing him once a month. And actually I just pushed my other appointment to later cause I'm feeling so good. Um, I am definitely not cured, um, as Matt said, in my, and a person in my condition is, if we can get you into the 90% range, then that's great. And I, I feel that's where I am. I still get um, moments where I'll get a little wooziness, but it goes away a lot quicker. The intensity is far less. I haven't had spinning in a long time. So life, I, I can look at the dishes now when I wash them. I can look at my shoes when I tie my shoes. I can sleep on whatever position I like. There's still, um, face down is still not a great position. So I'm avoiding that one, but that's about the only thing I'm avoiding. My neck is feeling like a brand new neck now because I can move like a human being now. So it has truly been life-changing. Well, life-changing for all those who are listening who might be able to solve their life's problems. Thank you, Roberta, for joining us today and sharing your story on Life Shouldn't Hurt on the Chorus Radio Network.